you're listening to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. And in this podcast, we will talk about the sports of powerlifting, what it's like to be a female strength athlete, what it's like to be a strength coach, nutrition, tips to help yourself in your athletic endeavors, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive into today's podcast. Dana, dude, I'm so excited to talk to you because you are now a six, 76 kg lifter, right? Yeah. And when I was looking at your stats and everything, it looks like you started in the USAPL in 2017. Was that the first federation you ever started in or did you start somewhere else? Yeah, no, that was my first sanctioned meet. So officially started powerlifting in USAPL in 2017. Yeah. So how'd you even get into powerlifting? a long story <laughs> uh, but I'll try to make it as short as possible so I'm in the Air Force active duty military and we have a stop I have a cat <laughs> we have a, a PT test that we have to do um, I was doing it twice a year and I'm it's push-ups in one minute sit-ups in one minute and then a mile and a half run and then if you fail a certain amount of times then they kick you out the military and I noticed that my push-ups and my run were lacking so one January, I decided I was going to go work on my push-ups and my run. And I was running. I did that for about 30 days. And then I went down to the weight room to go work on push-ups. And I just never left. So that's the condensed version of the story. I'll take it. That's fine. That's so cool. So basically, so wait, how old were you at that time? 24, 25. How old are you now? 36. <laughs> I thought you were like 29. I didn't look at your age. So I'm just going by how you look. Yeah. Yeah, I, get, I tell people I'm 27 all the time. So this year I'll be celebrating my 10 year anniversary of being 27. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then, wait. So then if you were in the Air Force and you said you're still currently actively in mm-hmm. the Air Force. How did, like, you go from that to actually going into a competition? Like, did you know about powerlifting by the time you were, like, doing your push-ups? No. So when I started going to the gym doing push-ups and everything, I was doing – I was more into bodybuilding. So I had more, like, a bodybuilding-type split. It wasn't until a deployment that I went on that we started – they had this 500,000-pound challenge, 500 for girls, 1,000 pounds for guys – in a squat bench deadlift. And that was kind of sort of my introduction into powerlifting. And then after that deployment, I met some people um, who competed USPA and um, I was in Japan. So they would fly from Japan to the States to compete in meets. And that's just kind of how I was like introduced formally like into powerlifting. And then after I left Japan, that's when I did my USAPL meet. Yeah, people fly all the way from Japan just to compete? Mm-hmm. Okay. That is really cool. Okay, so basically you get to Stacey, your first meet 2017. Like, did you realize how much of a knack you have for the sport? No, because I had done the meets um on my deployment and I just figured I was strong for being on base. Someone told me, you know, going to the States, everyone is bigger, faster, stronger, and I probably probably wouldn't do well. 
And um, when I did well, I was just kind of like, something's wrong. Like they got the numbers wrong because I think I qualified for nationals that first meet. But I was like, no, nah, there's something, something wrong. So I was, I was still in, in disbelief. Yo, first of all, who told you that you were not going to do well? A hater, obviously. I'm like, did you even, how can you say that if you don't even know the numbers in my weight class? Okay. Right. Okay. So you did your first meet, you qualified for nationals. And when I was looking at your like statistics and everything, it seems like the deadlift has been your baby yeah. since the beginning. Yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even know I was that good at it. Um going back to that deployment, I, I'm trying to avoid that story, but I guess that's where everything kind of started. One of my friends encouraged me to um, pull 405 and I was super scared and I did it. And then it just took off after that. So I was like, okay, I got 405 and then whatever I did at the meet. But yeah, that's always been, it's always been my lift. Not bench, <laughs> deadlift. <laughs> well, I'm I think I'm so fascinated because you pull conventional and like you're not short and, right. and it's I'm, your freaking baby yeah. like you remind me like structure wise of Kim Walford but I think you're taller yeah still. much taller I'm 5'10 you're 5'10 yeah. with a freaking deadlift of 529 yeah that's freaking crazy dude <laughs> okay so my question because I when I was checking you out right I went on your YouTube, which you have a cool YouTube, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> like, I see you out here vlogging. I was like, wait a minute. She did a whole vlog about nationals, which is so cool. I um, and before nationals, you had some big meets before that. When you were in 84 kg, you did some Arnold's meets. I think you did Arnold twice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yes. How did you pl place in those meets? Was it the A7 or was it the Pro-American? It was the Pro-American. Yeah. So it was the bigger one. Yeah, it's the bigger one. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you place there? Um, I think I got second in my weight class. And then the last one, I think I got second overall. So. Okay. So then <laughs> fast forward, right? Because in your, in your YouTube video, you were like, okay, guys, I'm so nervous like I don't know what's gonna happen and yes. I'm sitting here thinking okay she's nervous but like did you did you know who you were going up against and that's why you were nervous or were you just nervous in general to compete like did you know about I'm, Jasmine Penn I'm always I'm always nervous to compete it doesn't matter where I'm at what I'm doing I'm always just I'm a ball of nerves like it's when I was when I was benching I was shaking I'm like why am I shaking that's not why I didn't have a good bench, but I was, <laughs> I was just shaking the entire time. Normally after my first squat, I'm good, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I haven't competed since 2019 that maybe I was just out of practice, but I'm always, always a ball of nerves. Wait, I guess why I saw a meet from February of this year. I hadn't competed nationally since like 2019, but yeah, I did. I did a, like a, a warm up meet, I guess. Um, back in February. So, and that was your first meet at 76, right? Yeah. So that what was made you cut meet. down? So I cut down because I never really filled out the 84s. So I was always like 77. I think the 
the highest I've been was 81. And that was, I weighed myself with clothes on, like at, at weigh-ins, I probably had shoes on too, but, and I had a breakfast. So I've never been like a full 81 and I or full 84. And I remember my first meet because just, I was just going to, whatever weight class I fit in, that's just where I was going to go. I'm like, dang, I'm in the 84s, but I wish that, you know, there was something in between 72 and 84. So when they finally announced the 76s, I'm like, perfect. Let me drop this weight and, and go compete there. And I love that because that's the reason they made the new weight class, right? Because there was such a massive freaking jump. It was like 72, 84. Yes. It was like either you're going to starve yourself. Like if you're stuck in the middle, you're starving yourself or you just have to eat a lot or just be super yeah. lightweight, which yeah. hurts your competitiveness. Yeah, definitely. So oh I'm, I'm really glad that they made it. So <sighs> I'm psyched too, because each weight class, the new ones, the 69 and 76 is really showed up. Like the competition was huge yeah. in both. Yeah, it was like everyone that was in the 72s. When I saw that they had a new weight class and I looked at the roster for nationals, I was like, okay, this is going to be a fun weight class. It's going to be a lot of fun. Not saying the 84s weren't fun. I mean, it was, but I'm like, this one's going to be more fun. Yup. So was it hard for you to cut down? I got real comfortable in the weight class. So I think I started cutting at the end of January to do the meet at the end of February. So like five and a half weeks. It wasn't that hard, but I'm like, it could be done better. But I'm glad that I cut down, did the meet, and all I had to do was just pretty much maintain that for this meet. So did you do a water cut for this meet or was it you were already good? No, I was too light for this meet. I'm so paranoid about not making weight. Like I came in at 73. <laughs> I'm like, I could have been a 72 this whole time. <laughs> you literally could have been 72 the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I thought I... the jump was too far, but apparently it wasn't and I could do it. But I'm glad it's there's a 76. So now for the next meet, whenever that is, I'll come in a little bit more fuller, but I was super paranoid about not making weight. Which is crazy. Can you said that in your YouTube video, but I'm like, and then you mentioned like barely eating. I'm like, but it seems like you're fine. Like your weight wasn't over. I think you mentioned no. your weight was not over. Yeah. I think I was like 77 the day before okay. and I've never, I've never really had to cut. So I'm like, I don't know how my body's going to respond. So I just, I just started drinking a lot of water and my parents wanted to go out because they came in the day before the meet and I had a fish taco and like three chips and my dad took my basket away from me he's like you already complained about not making weight I want you to make weight and I came in at 73 so that's hilarious dude yeah. <laughs> you're like I'm gonna be really hungry but it's fine and I could have eaten the whole I could have had and both fish tacos yeah both fish tacos <laughs> yeah so like walk me through meet day. Like, well, first of all, I don't even know who your coach is. Uh, Ross Lepola from Reactive Training Systems. Okay. How long and has he been coaching you? Since my first meet in Alaska, 2017. Okay. So he's been with you the whole time. Yeah. That is so nice because when someone's been with you the whole time, they know you really well, know how to handle yeah. your meets. Does he yeah. always travel with you for your meets? No. No, he wasn't at the Fairbanks meet, um, but for all the national meets, he's been there. And there he's also go. a competitor, so he kind of has to be there to compete. 
perfect. Okay, so I want to like go through meat day. Like you get there, you weigh in, you're like, could have definitely had five meals. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was like your strategy for, you don't have to rehydrate really, I guess, because you weren't um, doing a water cup, but like refueling before you went to the squat because you were light. Yeah, so normally, well, I wasn't hungry, but I hadn't eaten and I knew I was about to lift heavy. So I'm like, I have to eat something. So normally I have like a ham and cheese sandwich and a monster and maybe some candy and that's it. That's usually what keeps me, keeps me good. I feel like you just mentioned 25 grams of carbs or something. Like, that's like nothing. Like, (laughs) you're like, I like sniff air and then. I'm I'm all adrenaline. So I'm nervous, but then I have like all this adrenaline running through me. So I don't know, just, it's worked out so far. I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Maybe, (laughs) maybe I could have eaten more and I could have got that last deadlift, but you know, hindsight. I I will say, I feel like a good strategy is like when you eat like a good amount before your squat and a good amount after that, like before your bench press, like it gives you that fuel for the deadlift. I feel like more a lot of people, or at least what I've heard people talking about too after this nationals is like people who didn't do like their last deadlift. They're like, you know, I felt kind of hungry before I started deadlift and I should have been refueling earlier. Cause you can like rehydrate and your body will take that water in pretty fast yeah. and salt and stuff like that. But like when it comes to food, like your body has to process the calories. So it's like, if you didn't eat enough, like back for those squats, like <laughs> it's going to be a rough time. Yeah. But, but I, I just don't get hungry. Maybe I'll, I'll start eating more. That's my whole thing. I need to eat more. You probably do. You got fat metabolism. <laughs> you <Yeah>. already know. <laughs> yeah. So walk me through squats. Like, what made you pick the attempts that you have for the squat? And then was this a, can you hit a 429.9 squat? Was that a PR for you? Yeah, everything is a PR at this body weight. Well, you know, I forgot about that. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but walk me through like attempt selection. Like how did the first squat go? And then going for the third one, how did it move? So first squat, so I'll just back up a little bit. My coach, he always sends me, we always talk before, like a couple of days before the meet. This is, you know, the plan. And I can't read kilos. So I always just give him a thumbs up because I trust him. And so I go out, I do the first squat. And I'm like, man, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And um, he was like, well, how did that feel? What RPE was it? I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, eight, nine, you pick. And so then uh, by the time we got to the last squat, I wanted to do 200, but I think I wound up doing, what was it, 195? And he's like, let's just do 195, save everything for deadlifts. And I did 195, and I think I, 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 think I hit a sticking point, but then when I pushed through it, it was easy. So I probably could have done 200, but we'll save it for later. It's all good. Hey, like you said, everything at this body weight is a PR. Yeah, definitely. And then- before we go into bench press, which I know you hate talking about bench press. <laughs> I know you hate talking about bench press. But like, did you even notice after your squat, like, well, maybe not you, maybe your coach, because if you're like me, I can't pay attention to everybody else, but my coach does. Like, did you realize, like, wait a minute, like, I'm like in the run. Like, I could, if I show up and do my bench and my dead, like, I could, like, take this. Uh, no clue. I don't like watching the TV. I don't like watching lifting cat. Well, I think I looked at lifting cats maybe once or twice, but 
I don't like watching other people when, when I'm at the meet. It's not that I'm trying to, you know, be mean or anything, but I just have to isolate myself. I'll just sit there, listen to my music, maybe say some of the lyrics out loud or something, do a little dance, but I just like to be in my own world. And then he's always watching everything and he'll let me know, but I don't really like to know what's going on. So that's just, that's just me. And I can feel you because I am very similar. Like I can't be talking to people, but like you have some people in the back who can like chill, who can pay attention to everybody else. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like it's because I'm an introvert that like I <laughs> my energy goes away when like I am paying attention to anything else. So I exactly. need to like hold, yeah. like fall into a ball in the corner and just be like, let me just look down and listen yeah. to a song. Yeah. At this, but at the same time, for me, for some reason, like. I'll put music on, but I always end up stopping every two seconds. I'm like, wait, now I'm paranoid. I'm going to miss it, even though my coach is right there. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stare in space and not listen to music. <laughs> I'm a mess. Yeah, me too. Backstage? No. I hate it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about your bench press. Okay? I know. <laughs> Yo, you keep making that face. I can't I know it's not your favorite and I know that you even mentioned in your vlog that you've been stuck at the same number for a while now mm -hmm. even though you know if you hit the same number technically it's not PR at this rate I, I, I hate bench I think it went down from my last week too it may have I think I did notice your bench press was not as high yeah. as it was previous but I don't remember if I was looking at an 84 kg meat though oh either way I, I hate bench I think well I also have really long arms and I like to blame it on my long arms but then at the same time I'm like this is something that I'm gonna have to overcome so I just have to keep working at it did you get your last set I know your final was a 203.9 no they said my butt came up and there was some up and down movement but that had been a trend in training but I'm like it'll be their meet day and it wasn't so yeah, now, like, I started going back to the gym. I think I went back yesterday and doing bench. I'm like, I got to make sure that, you know, my butt doesn't come up. It doesn't matter how much weight's on the bar. Just always, like, I'm going to start practicing how I play for bench. So, so I don't have those mistakes happen again. So I can at least get, what was it, 90, 97 and a half? Yeah, I wrote down pounds because I can't even. Oh, like, okay. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> the, yeah, whatever the, I think it's like 209 would be the next one. So at least to get that, you know, I feel like my bench holds me back from being more competitive. So, you know, people that can squat, people can deadlift, but usually a lot of ground is made up on bench and that's usually where I get left behind. So I would really like to have a better bench. That's like my goal. And it's a big one, too, because I i mean, I will say as someone who, who's a deadlifter, like you are a deadlifter, like at least, you know, where everyone is and then you get your chance to shine at the end and you can like battle it out. Like yeah. when you like I feel like deadlifts win meets. Obviously, yes, there are people who have crazy squats and benches, but like deadlift when you're a deadlifter, like you can win the meet. You have that yeah. advantage. Yeah, I don't right? have to rely on that. Yeah, so I want to be I want it to be a competition all the way up until deadlifts and then just take over from there but i don't want to have to like make up ground for deadlift but yeah it is what it is i fully get that though you do have really freaking long arms it's gonna 
it's, it's <laughs> like <laughs> like during the live stream because i went back to listen to some of the live streams i heard them say like she's got a long way to go <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, did she really just elongate through her long? Like, as she said, la, like, you had, like, the slowest, like, come up during. Yeah. All arms. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All arms and legs. All arms and legs, yeah. But, but I will say, if you keep pushing it, you're going to get that 209 next time. Because you did 209 as an A4, right? Yeah. I think you, I did. I think hit? I did the most at, at, as an 84, I did 231. Hey. So. So, so cutting really hit your bench? Yeah, something really hit my bench yeah we all know everyone knows the first things to go when you cut <laughs> bench, press. <laughs> bench. bench press goes <laughs> so and it sucks when it's already a weaker lift and like it's starting to trend upward and then you cut down you're like just kidding i guess it's not going to trend <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but i have faith though so we hit bench attempt one and two what and then two all nines which you went for for a third when your butt came up mm-hmm and the so, up and down. And up and down. But you already okay. mentioned you're trying to fix that. Like, my question is, what's your strategy for fixing it? Like, I know it's like, well, keep your butt down. But like a lot of people would try, like, for example, I've heard people like put their feet out farther, like away from their head so that they can push more into like the front of their shoe and push more back instead of up. So that's like a strategy that could work. Like, what are you, are you like changing your foot position? Or are you just trying to keep your butt glued down but not change your feet? So I tried a whole lot of things, maybe two weeks before the meet. I tried different foot positions, keeping my foot like really close to the bench. I've tried having my feet way out uh, in front to the side. I tried it all and I'm like, it's too late to change it now. So um, I was talking to my coach and he, my, I think my whole thing is a leg drive. So I just need to work on, on the leg drive. And then also when I come up, I tend to come up. I don't like come back. So just a couple of them. If I think if I work on those, then I'll get it. I'll get something better. When he said leg drive, do you mean you're not using enough leg drive or like right. it's all leg and no arm? Like what's that? I, I need more leg drive. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of weird. I think, I feel like, I hate bench. <laughs> I know. You, I mean, I will say it was my nemesis for a long time. I'm happy my started to finally trend up a bit, but like it's, it's like that lift where I'm like, okay, this is my break. And I have to try and make up everything on deadlift and hope that my squat went well, because in my weight yeah. class, I'm under, well, we're going to pretend like Jen Thompson doesn't exist. So <laughs> before, besides her, she doesn't count. <laughs> I'm under like the next highest bench by like a good 45 pounds. Oh, <laughs> so wow, I okay. feel you. I yeah. feel you. <laughs> Yeah, he asked me um, how I felt about bench after my first one. I'm like, this is just the bridge to deadlift. So let's just get through mm -hmm. it. Still got to do it. I made my first attempt. I can bomb. I can not bomb, but I can miss my other two attempts. And just let's just get to deadlift. Oh, my God. Okay, hopefully they can not to rely fully on just your deadlift. But let's get yeah. to your deadlift, though. All right. Yay, I know. Okay, so you get to deadlift. First of all, how are they moving in the back? before you got um, to the platform? I was, I was still shaking in the back. So um, they were moving, but I felt, I just felt myself like, like a little jitterbug, just shaking. Um, when I got out to the platform and I pulled it, I'm like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> so um, yeah, when I get out there on the platform, I don't hear, I don't see anything. Um, I heard my family um, 
doing deadlifts only hurt my brother and the head judge and that was it apparently they were playing music and there's a lot of stuff going on but I just had that extreme tunnel vision so yes yeah, second attempt moved well I, I had no idea what was on the bar like I'm just completely coach is asking me I'm like whatever you write down that's what I'll that's what I'll do uh second attempt moved and I was like, all right. And he was like, all right, we need to do this third attempt. Uh, we're going to be pulling for the win. I'm like, okay, I guess. Um, I just want to pull for myself. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get it. And I thought, because he was talking about strategy, talking about 260. So I thought it was 260 on the bar, but it was only 242 and a half. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know it was 242 and a half until maybe a few hours later, but I tried to pull it and you saw how it went. Uh, when it came off the ground, I was like, okay, it's moving. And then I got stuck and I've been stuck one time before. And I was like, well, I'm gonna just keep pulling it. So I started pulling it and then got stuck again. And I'm like, well, let me see if I can keep pulling it. So I just kept pulling and I didn't make it. Like when I got almost to the top, when I was 97% done, I thought that um, I was still moving just like a little bit, but the head judge was already like down. And I'm like, well, I guess I am a little tired. So I put it down. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best description ever done, like you could have said, because guys, like this was like a 25 second deal. Like you could have like walked out, grabbed some lemonade, come back yeah. to the venue. She was still pulling this freaking deadlift. Like it was the most epic, almost pull for the win deadlift I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It really was, dude. Like, it stopped. It's like you said, I think it stopped like three times. And I was like, it's over. No, it's not. It's over. No, it's not. It's over. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> and when you were like, just like you said, 97% there, like, it did stop moving at the very end. But like, all she had to do, you guys, was like, if she could just pop that pelvis forward, she had it. Like, yeah. she could just like shove those hips through, even though yeah. she was exhausted because it had been 25 years and everyone had <laughs> eliminated, came back. Like, you could have had that freaking deadlift. Yeah. And what blows my mind is like, and obviously it's not his fault because this was like, you had to go based off of what you saw Jasmine um, doing, but it's like that attempt was only two and a half kilos higher than the then you're second and I'm like yeah. man I wish she had like just just gone for that the second time that would have yeah. moved for sure it was a fast flight too it was only nine people in our flight and it was 20 minutes between um between each attempt well squat bench and deadlift so it was moving pretty quick maybe if I had a little bit more time to rest I don't know I don't like to think about the what ifs I just think you know okay I didn't get it let me work on lockout and you know let me work on actually pulling that in another meet so mm -hmm. I don't like to really dwell on the past too much but that is one of my favorite lifts even though I didn't make it it's still because it was such an epic lift yeah like, that could still be your favorite my favorite lift <laughs> yeah it's my favorite lift of the whole session that happened <laughs> um one thing I wanted to say too like yo whenever they said Dana McNeil, like the whole crowd, like your whole family and your family's family's parents were there. Like it was <laughs> insane. The support you had, like I was like, like I was talking with my friends and every time they called your name, I was like, I'm gonna cheer too. Cause everyone else was cheering. Woo! Like, it was like 25 people like, yo, your family's awesome. Like they were so yeah. supportive. Are you from Florida? Like why would, no. like how was everyone there? So well, I do have, I do have family in Florida. So they came out, they've never been to a powerlifting meet before. And then my parents, they live in Georgia now. They came out and then my brother is a powerlifter. 
and he wanted to see nationals. So yeah, I'm so, I was so happy that they all came out. And then a lot of them never seen a powerlifting meet before. And then like, after I was done, the support that they were giving to like the 84s and 84 pluses when they were still going, I'm like, okay, they know what's going on. They know how to cheer. They know how to do everything. Like they, I told them not to be quiet and I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they didn't shut up. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't too, bro. Like they were awesome. I'm like, yo, if I ever have a meet with this many people there, I feel like I can die happy. Like yeah. for me, like my mom, she travels with me to every meet. I love my mom. And like, it's just her though. So I'm like, I wish I had like 50 people travel out to see me. Yeah. Like, like that alone probably made this like one of the funnest meets for you. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. Just for that reason all the support from them oh my gosh okay <laughs> so like what is next like you're really freaking competitive in this big class I can't wait to see you in a big meet again where you can like win and then go on to something else as in worlds but what's your next meet or like do you have a meet plan or are you just like oh, chill? I don't know um maybe um the NAPF meet in Miami so North American Powerlifting Federation, maybe, I don't know. I have to get the invite. Um, I don't know what's next. I'm also moving. So I'm not really thinking that far ahead. I'm going to Japan. So I got to think about, <laughs> look at your face. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think about, you know, logistically, which meet should I be doing? Should I just, um, if there is an Arnold next year, should I do that? Or should I just skip and go straight to nationals? So I don't know. Those are the... I definitely do nationals, probably not the Arnold. And then if I get the invite for this NAPF meet, then I'm going to do that. That's supposed to be in August, but we'll see the whole USAPO IPF thing. Okay. Wait, Who knows? Um, you just mentioned so much to talk about. So real quick, I'll, you said about the whole USAPL IPF. One thing I will say about that they've been so vocal about everything that's going on. It's been amazing. So mm -hmm. from what I saw them post like a few hours ago, um, they put, a, they sent alerts to IPF saying like they need to know by 26, AKA like Sunday, what's going on with the world. And they also mentioned NAPF as well. So hopefully by Sunday, Oh, okay. Well, no, which should be great yeah. because the meets are just too close for them to be BSing and just like not saying anything. Right. Um, but then you mentioned like you're moving to where you live again right now. I'm in Alaska. You're in Alaska. Mm -hmm. And you're about to move to Japan. Is this like because obviously this has to do with being in the Air Force? Yeah. Okay. Is it like do you get like a time limit on how long you're gonna be in Japan, or just like you're there indefinitely? No, I'll be there for three years. Okay. Yeah. Are you excited? Did you like it? You were there before. Yeah, I I liked it. I liked it before and the part that I was at was on mainland and it was kind of northern and it got they got a lot of snow in the winter time but now I'm going to like the tropical part so it's just like beach life sun all that so I think I, I think I am excited for it I'm just tired of moving but I think yeah, I am excited to go because I guess you move every few years then yeah so this will be this is, I think Japan will be my fourth or fifth base or something I don't know so I'm almost done aware, you're almost done be almost. aware talking to someone who like when I think of like army I'm like really dumb so when I think of like army and like air force stuff I'm like so 
you guys are going out to war with guns and army paint and you're going to be in Japan running around. So like, you have to tell me <laughs> what's going on here. So like, you're going to Japan and like, what's it like? Like, what is your life like being in the Air Force and traveling to Japan? So going to Japan, well, being there before, it was pretty cool. We're not in war paint or anything like that. We're just like people living in a different country, just like uh, you have uh, students who go to different countries for, for a college or whatever, it's just like that. So you just happen to be in the military. Um, traveling with the Air Force, traveling with the military, it's fun. I've seen like, I've been to a lot of different places, I've seen a lot of different things, a lot of different countries. Um, but, you know, there's no place like home. That's why I'm really, I mean, I'm not in the lower 48, so it's not really home, but you know, it's home home like you know I, I do like being in the states but going to Japan is pretty cool the people are pretty friendly um, customer service is off the chain uh, the food is on another level and I haven't been to Okinawa but from the pictures I've seen it's really pretty so and then beach life so I'm looking forward to that kind of dude that is so I'm trying to wrap my head around it, so that is so cool. Can I ask you, I don't know this is a weird question, but like obviously traveling to different like countries, it's like being African-American, is it like weird being African-American in Japan? Like do people like stare at you all the time? Is it like normal because you're traveling with the Air Force so you're with people of all races anyways? Like uh, Sometimes they stare. Uh, being African-American in the military, going to these different countries, one of the first things I look up is where can I get my hair done? That's like legit one of the first places. And I looked at Okinawa and there's like a lot of braiders. So I'm super happy. Yes. <laughs> um, I think the one place I got stared at the most, we were in we? the Netherlands and they were just staring. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, obviously, I'm an anomaly here, but I wasn't there for very long. I was there for like a couple hours, but it was a lot of stairs in, the, in those few hours. Um, but usually, you know, you're just with a group of people and you don't really, really notice. Like you're always around, you know, aware of your surroundings, like you should be anyways. Like I'm not going to go into any dark alleys or, you know, someone with a van, hey, you want some candy? You know, nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, you know, you just... Um, aware of your surroundings. And then if you just get the vibe that, um, that you're not welcome, then I'm not gonna force myself in those situations. Uh, in Japan, there are some places and they'll, like if you try to go in as an American, not just as a black person, but as an American, they'll throw up like an X or something and say, you can't come in here. We don't want you here. You don't just say, oh, I deserve to be here. You just respect, you know, their rules for whatever establishment that is. And you just move on to the next. That is, so interesting that you experienced that like what what <laughs> they just say no like yeah. they just say no mm -hmm. like you try to go in they're like no okay okay is it like certain cities are like that or it's like just literally you found certain jerks just, who just happen to own the store <laughs> yeah just just certain established like like bars and stuff um okay. I haven't had that experience at a store I don't think I don't think they do that at stores, but like maybe bars, maybe some restaurants and just be like, no, You're like, okay. And then you just go to the place next door. Okay. 
that's horrifying but you're saying get with a smile that means you are very used to dealing with a lot of experiences like this yeah or something like that oh man and it must be so cool just like being in the airport and doing all this traveling you got to see so much of the world like where else where else have you been you mentioned the netherlands but um so with the air force uh, mm -hmm. i've been stationed in england and japan um, as far as traveling, just like combination of Air Force and just personal travel. Um, Guam, well, that was with the Air Force. So I went to Guam twice. Um, Australia, Thailand, different parts of Europe. Like I went to Belgium and Bruges. Is that in Belgium? I don't know. All, all, they all just start to run together. Um, Went to, I think my favorite place is Crete, which is an island off of Greece. The food there is amazing. I had some spaghetti there. The best spaghetti I've had in my entire life. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've just been to a lot of places. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of really good food. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, England doesn't have good food. Eat. Some fish and chips are good, but like. That's why I just stuck with fish and chips. That's so sad. <laughs> was there anything cool about England? Oh, yeah. So probably my favorite country. Well, yeah, I was always in London because I was about a two-hour train ride from London. And there was always concerts. I'm, like, really big into, like, 90s R&B. So there was, who did I see? SWV, Tony, 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 Blackstreet. Like, just all the 90s R&B acts. Um, the shopping in London is pretty good. Um, you can find some food spots, more than just fish and chips, but like the shopping and the concerts. And London's a major city, so I'll just walk around and just take pictures. Dude, that's so cool. You said you, this is random, you said you had a cat. Like, does the cat travel everywhere with you? So I have two cats. <laughs> I'm a cat lady. <laughs> Me too. Oh, oh yeah? Well, I have one cat, but I live alone with just a cat. So I still think I'm going to be a cat lady. <laughs> yeah. Um, they'll be going with me to Japan. So I got the first one in Japan. I got the second one here. And then they'll both be going back with me to Japan. But as far as travel, they just either find a cat sitter or they just sit at home. Okay. They get to travel the world. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it's sad. I'm like the most fascinated by that. I'm like, well, I feel like if me and my cat just traveled the world. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll oh be my fun. God. Dude, that's so cool. Okay. I really hope and I in the APF, is it because I haven't um I don't really remember. People who get second place, they tend to reach out to you, right? That's how it works. So it goes out to the national champion first, but they usually decline so they can go to worlds, but I don't know what's gonna happen. Okay. And then usually like they'll, they'll just go down the line with the invites. I think 2019, they just opened it up to everyone. Because, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you look like that? It was, it was weird. I still feel some type of way about it. <laughs> did you get an invite? Like I got like, like the, 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 I got the everybody invite and oh, I was like, okay. why am I invited? Like I didn't oh, do well. Yeah. 
like it's supposed to be special you know I felt I feel weird when all of a sudden you're like whoever can come I'm like why are y'all desperate all of a sudden right like it's supposed to be like prestigious and now it just turned into like we'll just take anyone's money for this yeah meet. <laughs> yeah that's how I felt about it I was like I'm not doing that um but have you ever done an APF meet I was supposed to do the one in 2019 but I was on a deployment okay yeah so I missed that one and I missed 2019 nationals. Those are the only two meets that I feel some type of way about. But because you couldn't make it? Yeah. That was sucks. stuck in the desert. Wait, where are you? I was in Qatar. I mean, some people won't consider that a real deployment, but I mean, you're away from home and it's deployment like. I guess it's one of the better places to be deployed to, but um, yeah, Qatar was a lot of fun too. I always have fun wherever I go. I'm starting to realize You seem that. like you're a party, honestly. Like <laughs> I'm not. I just stay to myself. It's I'm entertained very easily. But in Qatar, we went downtown, and once again, the food was amazing, and the people were really nice. The only thing I didn't like about it was the whole Iran thing and almost World War Three, and they're like the missile came from Qatar, and I'm like, no, it <laughs> did it, <laughs> did it. So. Yeah, that was like the beginning of my 2020. And then everything else just happened after that. So what like was like 2020? Yeah, what was life like for you? I guess when the shutdown happened, were you like trapped somewhere in the country? No, so we weren't allowed to go off base anymore. And um, we were just issued um, body armor that we never wore. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, we were just like, everybody, you know, is on, is on the edge of their seat, you know, just watching the news, just trying to figure out what's going on. Because usually stuff happens, um, we found on the news first, and then we find out through like official channels. But like, we'll just watch CNN, MSNBC, Fox, whatever's on, we'll just watch it. But just monitoring the situation and that was it. I'm in an admin job. Well, when I was there, I was in an admin job. So I'm sitting behind a desk doing computer stuff. No war paint, no guns, no nothing. Just some body armor that I don't know how to use that I don't have to put on and that's it. Then I got to go home and I was so happy. And then the rest of 2020 happened, so. Um, you mentioned that people wouldn't say guitar is like a real deployment. So then in that case, like what does, like what is quote unquote real deployment? It's supposed to be like you're miserable and like peeing and then like, like pooping like in the ground. Is that what real deployment yeah, is? Yeah, I guess, I guess that's what <laughs> I, I guess I've never been on a real deployment because every place I've been to has been kind of nice, but yeah, Qatar has uh, on base, they have a swimming pool, they have restaurants, people can bring their families. So like some of our commanders, they would have like their wife and kids and sometimes they would eat with us or whatever. So that's why they say it's not a real deployment because you can bring your family. Okay. But so it felt real to me. Yeah. Felt so like real, real deployment enough. equals misery. Yeah. And so, okay. <laughs> See, yeah. this is it. So this more the war paint stuff I was thinking about. Yeah. I guess if you gotta wear war paint and have like just eat MREs all the time to be on the real deployment, but I don't know. Okay, well, I, I hope you never have real deployment. I guess, yeah, is that a nice thing to say? Is that a nice yeah. thing to say? Okay. Yeah, I hope, hope I'm done with deployments. When are you done with the Air Force? Is it like a time or is it just like until you feel like it? Yeah, I'll be, I'll hit 20 in six years. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, See, I, I, I forgot. I think I was thinking of 27. I was like, wait, she started at seven years old. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So going to Japan, I'll be there for three years and then I'll have like another move left and then I'll be done. So, so close. I'll be a master, master lifter. Wow. Master's one, is that what that is? Master's one, yep. Yeah. Slash open, you'll also be open. You're too competitive to not be open. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Okay. I think, I think I kind of covered everything I wanted to talk about with you. You were fascinating to talk to. You have a cool life. Oh, thank you. Like, I'm fascinated by your life. First of all, I learned that in the Air Force, you don't just put on Warpoint and have, like, a giant cannon and shoot it. Oh, yeah. So no, that, definitely not. Definitely that not. was cool to learn. Like, I should probably, like, update my <laughs> my knowledge about what's going on in 2021 for, yeah. like, being um, in the Air Force, something like that. But, like, that, yo, you are so competitive. I'm still in shock that, like, you're 5'10", deadlifting this much. I think you're a freak of nature in the best way, in the oh, most complimentary you. way. Thank you. I'll take it. Oh my God, dude. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can the people find you on social media, Dana? Well, Instagram at versus myself, V-E-R-S-U-S underscore myself. And I guess you can find me on YouTube. I do videos. So you find me on YouTube. YouTube? Dana McNeil, all one word. Okay. I will link that for the people. Where can they find your coach? Uh... I just text him. Let me let me see if I can find his Instagram. Ross Lepola. Ross dot L E P P A L A on Instagram. Perfect. I will also link that for y'all as well. Awesome. It has been real. It has been fun. And everyone, thank you for listening. I will talk to you another time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Power and Lifting Podcast. If you made it this far, then please do me a huge favor and subscribe and leave a five-star review.